0: Thanks for listening to this sermon recording from Liberty Family Church in Hillsville, Victoria, Australia. All of our sermons are available for free online and we encourage you to subscribe to our sermon podcast through iTunes or by clicking the button on our website. If you'd like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus or would like more information about our church, head to www.libertyfamilychurch.net.au God bless you, and we pray that this sermon recording encourages you and strengthens your faith in Jesus Christ. Have you ever found yourself wanting to quit and throw in the towel like a boxer who's down and out, the cornerman, throws in the towel and says, that's it, I've had enough. It's all too much for me, as you've faced a challenging time in your life. You know, growing up, our family spent a whole lot of time on camping trips, on exploring the great outdoors all over our great country. And we spent a lot of time in national parks as well. Often we'd stay in cabins in some of the most beautiful national parks in Victoria and New South Wales, and it really was a super special time. Lots of great family memories I can think back on. And thanks to my mum and dad, now I've got a real passion for the great outdoors. And I love getting out there any opportunity I get. Now, many times on these holidays, we'd go on these long bushwalks. Now, the thing with my dad in particular is that he wasn't what you'd call up for a nice leisurely stroll. That's not his style. It isn't now and it wasn't then. When dad thinks of a walk, he's not thinking of a boardwalk, you know, the one kilometre sort of easy, cruisy walking that you could you could do, no matter your fitness. My dad is always up for a challenge. And I remember as a young kid, we never drove to the summit. We always walked to the summit. And we did what he would call real bushwalks. And when we did, we often racked up some serious Ks as we explored the Aussie bush from the roadless tread. And I remember as a 10-year-old, often doing these these incredible walks. They're so beautiful when you get out there and off the beaten track. And I remember doing many kilometres, many summit walks, often walking 15, 20, 25 kilometres as a young fella to go and see these beautiful sights. And I often would think, I look back on those times and I remember so many times when my brother and myself were at that moment where we were walking walking And walking up this incline that just seemed to go on and on and on forever. And I'll be honest, there were many times, many, many times, where both my brother and I, we just thought, we're not going on. We can't do this. We've had enough. We are not interested in taking another step at all. Our legs and our backs were aching from the weight of the pack that we were carrying. We just wanted to give up. We wanted to quit. And you know what it was that actually helped us to continue on? It was the encouragement of both my parents. Mum and dad would often say, it's not too far to go. It's not too far. It was normally when we were about 2Ks in. No, just joking. When we were getting towards the end, they, I remember them time and time again saying, come on guys, it's not too far. You can do it. I know you can. Let's keep pressing on. Let's keep pushing forward. The view at the top is going to be worth it. You are going to love it. Let's keep going. You can do it. You know what? Their genuine encouragement made all the difference. It truly did. It made all the difference. Many, many summits were reached by the Horting family um, simply because both my parents were willing to encourage us to press on and overcome challenges that we were facing, and there were many long bushwalks that were ticked off our list because of the encouragement that they gave to us. Encouragement truly is a powerful, powerful tool. In our world today, our world which is really not super encouraging, is it? It's largely negative. There's a lot of negativity in our world. Encouragement is so needed. And in our church today, not just our local church, but the broader global church, we are in desperate need of encouragement. Encouragement can make all the difference when it comes to, as I shared last week when I shared some keys to running the race of faith really well, encouragement can make the difference as we continue to grow and realise our faith potential, as we grow into the people, the women and the men and the children of God that God always intended. us to be. In the Bible, there's one character who is often overlooked. He has many contemporaries around his time who get all the acclaim and maybe get all the focus in scripture, but there's this one character in the New Testament who is what you could call by his life a master encourager. In fact, this man's name literally means minister of encouragement or son of encouragement. Who am I referring to? I'm referring to a man by the name of Barnabas. And today we're going to take a bit of a deeper look at Barnabas' life and we'll draw out some lessons that we can apply to our own lives, to our own hearts, so that we would continue to grow as people of encouragement too. So how about we pray as we open God's word together today and invite Holy Spirit to move as we listen as we listen not only to me, but also to what he's saying to us through Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the beauty of your word. We love your word at Liberty. We are passionate people of your word. And so God, we pray today that you just bring your word alive to our senses, that we would be able to taste and see that you are good through your word, that we would be able to just marvel at the wonder of the truth and of the examples of faithful people who have gone before as we ourselves want to be faithful encouragers to each other in the faith right now in this time in history. So God, would you move powerfully through what we explore today and would you speak to us so that we can hear your voice and then obey you as you lead us in who to encourage and in how to encourage as we follow you. So we pray this in Jesus' powerful and mighty name. Amen. So who was Barnabas? Well, Barnabas was a contemporary of some very well-known New Testament characters, of Paul, Peter, James, Apollos, some of the people that we would look to and describe as Christian greats of the time. In Acts chapter 11 and verse 24, Barnabas is described as a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Sounds like a pretty good man to seek to learn from, doesn't it? Barnabas was a Levite, and he was originally from the island of Cyprus. And whilst his name was actually Joseph, the disciples actually affectionately referred to him as Barnabas, which, as I said before, means minister or son of encouragement. And when you take a look at Barnabas' life, it's easy to see why he is called by this affectionate term. Time and time again, when we look at Barnabas' life, we see the way that he goes out of his way to encourage others. And I'm going to draw out three key ways today how Barnabas encouraged others in their faith so that we ourselves can grow as encouragers too. And so here's the first. Barnabas encouraged others through financial generosity. In Acts 4, when Barnabas first comes on the scene, he expresses his big heart of encouragement and his desire to serve and meet the needs of his brothers and sisters in Christ by being financially generous. Let's turn now to Acts chapter 4 and verses 32 to 37. Here's what it says. and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus, Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Wow, that is some radical generosity right there, isn't it? Barnabas, out of love for others and out of a genuine love for Jesus Christ, for the one who had truly transformed him and set him free. He had a genuine desire to serve his brothers and sisters in Christ and make sure that none were going without. And so he did that by selling a field that he owned. He was obviously a wealthy man and he was able to give out of his abundance so that those who had little were not lacking in any way. Barnabas showed this radical financial generosity that no question would have considerably impacted so many in terms of their faith and their love for Jesus, as they would have seen Barnabas as a relatively well-off person, being so radically captured by the gospel, that he was willing to go and sell his field and then give the entire proceeds. Unlike the couple who come a little bit later in scripture, we won't look at them today. But unlike them, he chose to give generously and gave all of the money so that um, the apostles and all of the church would not go without what an incredible financial gift that he made. And no doubt, no doubt, it would have greatly encouraged those believers in terms of their faith and encouraged them to press on and their love and the provision and, and the grace of God even shown through his faithfulness in giving in that way. No doubt, all of that would have spurred them on in their faith and love for Jesus. You know, there's been plenty of times Plenty of times for me that I've been personally encouraged and spurred on in my faith as a result of the financial generosity of others. You know, whether it's in the form of a a beautiful gift, a a voucher, a, a beautiful takeaway meal that was delivered to our doorstep, there have been so, so many times that I have personally been encouraged and my family have been encouraged through someone's financial generosity. What about you? What about you? Have there been times where you have really been encouraged and just lifted in your faith as a brother or a sister in Christ has reached out to you and, and really blessed you with a financial gift of some description that's been, really been meaningful to you? Let's, let's personalise it. Let's really like, bring it home for ourselves today. Let's apply this to ourselves how often would you say that you've been a Barnabas in this way? How often have you been a Barnabas in this way to someone else? Do you regularly seek opportunities to to bless other people? And in whatever means able, you know, we're not we don't all, we're all rich like Barnabas, but God blesses us in so many ways and we're called to be generous with what he's blessed us with. How do you and how often do you take the time out to be led by God, to really have someone in your mind and in your heart to bless financially in a generous way. You know, like in the early church, when the Holy Spirit is alive and well in our hearts and our hearts are truly captured by Jesus' love, by the good news of the gospel, we will be generous people. We'll have a longing, a yearning to get alongside people, to encourage others, and we'll long to be generous in a wide variety of ways. And one of these ways is through our finances. So I want to encourage you, why not take some time this week to really just wait on the Lord and seek Holy Spirit and invite him to bring to mind, bring into your heart, someone that is calling you to bless, someone from our church community that is calling you to give a special gift to. Now, it doesn't have to be expensive. That's not the aim of the game here. As as, um, I'm sure if you've had children before or if you have any interaction with kids, what do we always tell them? We say it's not about the, the cost. It's not about the size of the box. It's the thought that counts. And it's so true with a gift when it comes in this form as well doesn't have to be something expensive. It could be as simple as like a card, a beautiful card that you, you buy from Coles or something and you write some encouraging words to someone just to spur them on in their faith. Or it could be in the form of a coffee. Hey, I love gifts of coffee. Doesn't everyone? You know, whatever it is, it doesn't have to cost a, a packet. All it needs to be is straight from your heart as led by God to be a real blessing to someone else. So I want to encourage you, Go ahead. And do that this week. Go ahead and invite God to grow in you and cultivate in you an even stronger yearning, a stronger desire to be a blessing to others and to encourage others in terms of financial generosity in the weeks and months and years ahead. So that's the first thing we can learn from Barnabas's example of encouragement. And here's the second Barnabas encouraged others through. Relational generosity. In Acts chapter 9, Barnabas, we see Barnabas offering relational generosity to someone who everyone else in the church wanted absolutely nothing to do with. Who would that be? Well, the person Barnabas sought to be relationally generous to that no one else really wanted anything to do with was one of the enemy. He was one of those other ones over there. He was one who actively persecuted the church, and no doubt would have put to death or at least put into prison many people that these people, the disciples, actually loved. He was, of course, Saul of Tarsus, Paul. In Acts chapter nine, twenty-six to thirty, we read the influence that Barnabas's encouragement had in seeing. Saul become not on the outer but genuinely accepted as a a real disciple as a genuine disciple of Jesus Christ. Let's turn there together now reading from verse 26. This is speaking about Saul and when he Saul had come to Jerusalem he t- attempted to join the disciples and they were all afraid of him for they did not believe that he was a disciple. Isn't that a truly beautiful thing? Barnabas, son of encouragement, interceded on Saul's behalf and made the way for him to be welcomed into the fold. For like, you know, the shepherd would welcome a sheep in to the, the family. You know, I'm going to look after you. You're in. You're a member of us. You're with us. Barnabas's act of relational generosity enabled Saul to become a true member of the church of Jesus Christ. Even if they did have to immediately send him off so he wouldn't be killed, he was still welcomed in, and it's a truly beautiful thing. And the thing is, Barnabas never forgot about Saul. Barnabas never forgot about Saul. Although Saul was hidden off and sent off into Tarsus to, to stay out of harm's way, Barnabas never forgot. And not only did he not forget about Saul, but Barnabas saw potential in Saul. And he knew that Saul could be, and, and I believe he probably had a bit of a, a, the foresight, the foreknowledge that God was going to use this Saul for incredible kingdom work. And I believe that he actually saw that potential and he knew that God was going to use this man powerfully. And so later on in Acts chapter 11, he took the time to go and seek him out once more. Around this time in Acts chapter 11, Barnabas was sent by the Jerusalem church to go down to check out a flourishing root of the church, a a new arm, if you like, a new branch that was just going off. It was amazing what was happening in this part of the world. And and the founding church in Jerusalem, they wanted to know. They, They were like, wow, we've heard great things. Go and check it out. What's going on? What can we learn from these guys? And so they sent Barnabas on another journey and Barnabas headed to Antioch where this church was flourishing. And after seeing God just moving so powerfully in this Gentile church, he sought out someone for help. He knew. He he knew looking at the, the situation, looking at all the people that were coming to faith in Jesus Christ, he knew that this was beyond him. He was but one man. He couldn't tackle this one. Alone. He needed to call in the Calvary. He needed help in order to disciple and train these believers up and, and show them the way of Jesus Christ in, in greater measure. And so he called on someone who he knew would be perfect for the role, someone who was a great teacher, someone by the name of Saul of Tarsus. And in Acts chapter 11, verse 24 to 25, we read this account. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. If not for Barnabas' heart to welcome Saul into the community of believers... If not for Barnabas's heart to encourage him and build him up and believe in his potential, Saul, Saul might never have grown into the man of faith, into the great man of faith that we look to and we esteem now as, as followers of Jesus in our day, the great Apostle Paul. He may never have reached his potential, if not for Barnabas' encouragement. I'm wondering, friends... Who in our community is God calling you to reach out to and encourage? Who's God calling you to get alongside, to, to walk through life with, to to journey, to have conversation, to disciple and be discipled by? Who is God calling you to grow deeper in relationship with and express relational generosity to who is Holy Spirit, even right now, even right now, as you reflect on this and invite God to really speak to you and guide you, who is Holy Spirit right now calling you to actually see the potential, in? to see the potential, in? not to see them as they are currently, but to invite God to give you his eyes to see who he's made them to be and who with investment and with work and with lots of prayer and lots of inviting God to have his way, with all those things that the person that they will one day become and have influence for, for God's kingdom. Who is Holy Spirit calling you to see the potential in and to play a role in helping them to grow into the person that God wants them to be? I want to encourage you, take a leaf out of Barnabas's book. It's a good book to take a leaf out of take a leaf out of Barnabas' book and grow as an encourager in this way, this week and in the months and years ahead. Because just like Barnabas, no doubt he had an inkling that this Saul was going to be pretty special. But just like Barnabas, we just never know what might become of the investments that we make in terms of encouraging faith and encouraging relationship with believers in our church community. We just never know. We never know, but I'm confident that if we make the step and we choose to invest our time, our our resources, our energies into discipling others and into encouraging others in their faith relationally, we will see great fruit come about for them, but also for us and also in the life of our church community. And that's pretty exciting. So I encourage you, you never know what might happen as you commit to this way like Barnabas, of encouraging others in this life. So why not give it a go? I reckon it'll be worth it. So that's the second key we can learn from Barnabas's example of encouragement. And here's the third and the final key that I want to share with you today. And it's this. Barnabas encouraged others through gospel generosity. So what do I mean by gospel generosity? In Acts chapter 15, Barnabas actually chose to live out the gospel. Barnabas chose to live out the gospel by choosing to forgive someone who had very much wronged him, just as Jesus had himself forgiven Barnabas for the way that his sin had wronged and hurt God. That's what I mean by gospel generosity expressing the gospel through our own lives and our own ways and practices. You see, Barnabas, knowing that he himself had been radically transformed and completely forgiven by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, he chose to forgive. He chose to forgive. He chose to forgive and not hold on to an offence. And this choice, this choice actually led him to give someone a second chance. In Acts chapter 13 we read about we can read about some of Paul and Barnabas's journeys and some of the story as it as it continues through the book of Acts. I encourage you read the book of Acts. It is a fantastic read. And if that doesn't get you excited for the gospel and for playing your part in God's gospel work, I seriously don't know what will. It is remarkable, and it is so encouraging. So get into the word. Read Acts over the next week or so. You will be blessed, I'm sure. But in Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas were actually deserted by a young man by the name of John Mark. And in Acts chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas were talking about and having this conversation. And as you'll see in a minute, it must have been a fairly contentious or or heated conversation because it it really didn't go down too well. They were really talking about whether or not this John Mark can come on another journey after he's already let us down. You know, it's fair to say that Paul and Barnabas did not see eye to eye on this one. In Acts 15, verse 39, it, it really explains how it went down and it didn't go down. Too well, all their discussions. Here's what it says. And there, after chatting about these things, arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. It's pretty sad on the one hand, but on the other hand, you see God's providence over this whole thing. We see at this point in time the, the relationship of Paul and Barnabas sort of being torn because of a disagreement, but at the same time, we see God's hand of blessing and favour on both of them as they take off on different journeys. You know, Paul felt so strongly, Paul felt so strongly that he just couldn't risk taking John Mark on another trip and having him do the same thing again. He felt, and you know, you can understand, he felt that it's just not worth the risk. We're dealing with our lives here. If we have someone who we need to depend on and then they're not there in a certain situation, that could be the end of us and the end of the gospel in this region. We, we just can't take the chance. You can, you can understand why he would think like that. And Barnabas, on the other hand, always the encourager, the son of encouragement. He believed that grace should be shown to this John Mark that he believed wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. He believed it enough to, to sever at that point his relationship with the Apostle Paul, who he, who he invested in, who he ministered alongside. He believed in this second chance for John Paul so much that he was willing to let that relationship go for a time. He really believed that John Mark deserved a second chance and was going to be worth the investment. And history tells us that John Mark was indeed worth every, every tear over his relationship breakup with Paul. It truly was worth the investment. Barnabas and John Mark, they teamed up. They headed off together. And Paul and Silas teamed up and they headed off together. And God's kingdom grew. God continued to just add to their number daily. He continued to use these powerful men, powerful men, not in and of themselves, but powerful because they were full of the Holy Spirit. He used them to share the good news to the ends of the earth. And people were, were coming to their father in droves. It's truly a remarkable time. And God's kingdom grew. And someone who, no doubt, think about John Mark. He headed back to Jerusalem after leaving them on the first time, think about how he would have felt. No doubt, maybe he left because of fear. He didn't want to lose his life. I'm sure many of us who would be faced with the same decision would probably take that road too. He probably felt fearful. He probably felt a fair bit of guilt, a fair bit of shame as he realized what was a missed opportunity and maybe that opportunity wouldn't come about again. But isn't it beautiful how someone who was given a second chance took hold of the opportunity with two hands and grew into the person that God called them to be. Incredibly, because of Barnabas's encouragement through gospel generosity, this John Mark, he grew in stature and grew in the spirit and had great influence for God's kingdom. But not only that, Paul eventually came to see this John Mark in a completely different light. It's a beautiful thing. It's almost like this gospel generosity results in later gospel generosity as relationships are restored, as brothers are reunited and become friends once more in the family. In 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul is writing from jail. Paul's writing from jail and he's saying, Demas has deserted me. Others have deserted me. Things aren't looking good. Can you send me someone? Do you know who he asks for? Yep, absolutely. He says, send me John Mark. Send him my way. I could do with some encouragement. Here's what he says in 2 Timothy 4, 10 to 12. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark, John Mark, get John Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful to me for ministry. Wow, that is pretty cool, huh? Because of Barnabas's heart to encourage and to show radical gospel generosity to John Mark, John had opportunity John had the opportunity to actually redeem himself, to make up for where he had taken the easy route last time. And he took that opportunity with both hands. John had the opportunity to redeem himself, to find forgiveness and restoration, a place in the family of God. And he was able to grow into the pioneering minister of the gospel that God had created him to be. I'm wondering, friends, who has God called you to show radical gospel generosity to? Who is God calling you to encourage in their faith by forgiving them as you yourself have been forgiven in Christ Jesus? There is no doubt, there is no question that we can learn so much from the way Barnabas encourages others in the faith. Barnabas truly was, he truly was a son of encouragement. And the good news is, is this. The good news is we can all be encouragers. We can if we allow God to empower us, if we allow God to do that work in our hearts and change our natural desires and help us to fix our eyes on things above and not things of this earth and Invite him to truly guide our ways. He can and he will help us to grow as encouragers. As John Maxwell says, everyone has the potential to become an encourager. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to have it all together. Praise God for that. All you have to do is care about people and initiate. When we have the truth of the gospel dwelling deep within our hearts, when our hearts are truly captured by the good news of Jesus Christ, we can care for others and we can initiate relationship with others, can't we? We can. We can. And so the question is, will you? Will you care for others? Will you initiate with others? Will you choose to be an encourager of others in their faith? Will you choose daily to follow the example of Barnabas and live through Holy Spirit's power? It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's through his power and his alone that we can do any good thing. Will you, by his power, choose to live as a son, as a son, or as a daughter of encouragement. I just want to pray as we close now and invite Holy Spirit to to really minister to us. I don't know where you're at when it comes to encouragement. I don't know where you're at or what your natural default is. For for many of us, our natural default is to be critical. It's not to build up, but it's to tear down. But the good news is that God is in the business of transforming us, of changing our natural desires for his heavenly desires, for our our natural fruit of our lives and of the sin influence in our lives with the fruit of the Spirit and all the good things. So let's pray that God would really have his way in our hearts so we can grow as encouragers and we can play our part in spurring one another on to grow in faith and in love for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you are always in the business of transforming our hearts. We thank you, Jesus, that you are an encourager. You get alongside us. You, you cheer us on. You call us to continue to press on. You can do it. I believe in you. Trust me. I'll, go, I'll guide you. I'll take you there. We thank you, Lord, that that is your heart, that that is what you do. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to reach out to you and help us to just humbly invite you to have your way so that we might be encouragers just like Barnabas, who have hearts that just long out of love for you and out of hearts that are captured by the good news of the gospel, that we would be people who have hearts to encourage and build up and see people grow into the people that you have called them to be. So Lord, have your way in us. Have your way in our church too, Lord. Help us collectively as the church, as Liberty Family Church, to play our part in continuing to foster an encouraging culture which builds people up, doesn't tear down, but builds people up and believes the best in them and calls out those things that we see in other people so that they can be the best people, they can grow into the people that you've called them to be. So Lord, have your way. By your Holy Spirit, we pray. And we pray all these things in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.